0: Good morning, and welcome to Journey. We're glad you're here today. Uh, What an awesome day! You know, I kind of feel like that groundhog that we hear about every time of time of year. You know, when it's nasty, we just stay inside. When it's cold, we stick our head out, see what things are like outside. And uh, boy, it's it's beautiful. Yesterday was incredible, and uh, we're going to get some good days. So I'm glad you're here today. Uh, It is good to have you uh, in our worship time together. Uh, We've been in a series for a couple weeks now called The Journey. And if you've been tracking along with us, uh, we're talking about this uh, exciting life that we are called to live as Christians and how that we're called not just to go and do things, but to be somebody and to follow Jesus Christ. And it is a process of growing. And I was just thinking this week, um, have you ever had a turning point in your life, a a choice that you made that dramatically changed the rest of your life? And I want to share one of mine, and maybe you can think about Uh, some things in your life as well. I remember back, and I want to go back, I want to go back 40 years, uh, because uh, decisions in our life uh, make an impact all the way through, right? Uh, 40 years ago, when I was, uh, I graduated from high school, and I was one of those kids that hated school. And I swore that if I ever got out of school, I would never go back to school again. I I just could not stand it. So I made no plans for college. I graduated from high school, and I, I wanted to work on a farm. That's what I did all summer. I had a great summer. Uh, when, when all the crops were, were in and it was getting cooler, I knew I had to do something. And so I had two options. Uh, one of them was with the state of Kentucky uh, in a brand new um, uh, area called Computers 40 years ago. Think back, guys. I had no idea what a computer was, but I tested for it, did pretty well, and I had a potential and a career there. And if I had taken that, I would be retired today. That, that is amazing to think about. But I didn't take that. Why? Because I had another job offer that paid twice as much, and it was with a company called GE, and so, uh, man, you know, go for the money, right? So I went for the money. I worked at GE about a year, but, but during that time, something happened in my life. There was a major turning point. Um, uh, one night, we, I worked in a, a, a factory that we made plastic pieces, and I was working on a press. Some of you may know what that is, but it was set up to where every minute it ran a cycle and you had, to, you had to process that piece every minute. So 480 times per shift, per night, I was on third shift, I had to hit it and I had to accomplish this process. And it involved opening a door, pulling out some pieces, two of them, breaker strips we called them, uh, they had to be trimmed, they had to be bent, they had to be punched, and they had to be uh, stacked in a box all in the time of a minute because then it was ready to do again. And if you didn't keep up you were in big trouble. And so this was a new press. I'd been working just like my first or second night, and it was killing me. I was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. I mean, the you know, peak of my prime and a pretty, pretty proud young guy, and uh, it was killing me. I, I just got whipped all night by it. And when, when 7 o'clock the next morning came, this little lady walked in about this tall, And she moved a little wooden box over where I was standing, and she climbed up on the box, and she fell into a rhythm, and she never missed a beat, and she pulled them out, and she, she was with every revolution of that press. And I felt about that big. I felt like I was about three. But it did something to me inside because I said at that moment, I will not spend the rest of my life doing this, you know. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean to imply that at all. My dad was in public work all his life, and and that's an honorable thing. But I was 18 years old, and I had no responsibilities and no bills, and I said, I want to do more. And so suddenly college began to look more enticing at that point in my life. And so I went back, and I went to college. But that decision that morning in in 1979 at 7 o'clock, I still remember that day, uh, it propelled me to go to college, and it was at college that I met my wife Lori. We would have never met because she was from Northern Indiana, and I met there her there, and she's changed my life. And then I got an education and, and, and a ministry. I became a minister, and and what God has done in my life. And then I think about my children my, that, what we, I never would have known. Um, my kids, I love them so much, and, but I never would have, we never would have had those kids. And and I never would have known you guys, I never would have the friends that I have, but one decision that was made, because had I not made that decision, I would probably still be living in Taylorsville, uh, which would have been a good life, I'm sure, but not the life that God gave me. Now, i tell you all that, and maybe you can think of a decision you made at some point in your life that brought you to where you are today, good or bad, obviously some, some are, are not always the best, but your life is shaped by your decisions your life today, who you are and where you are, has been shaped by the decisions that you have made. And maybe they were decisions that you made that you were following your passion, something that you just wanted to go and do, and it, it, it turned your life to where you are today. Maybe it was a decision that was influenced by other people. Someone said, hey, you want to try this, and, and you did it, and it took you to where you are. Maybe it was just some opportunity that, that, that you fell into. And some of them were probably just mundane choices that you made But many of them, no doubt, I believe, were probably led by the hand of God that you and I will never know about until we're in heaven and God will say, hey, do you remember that day (laughs) I put you on that press down there in GE and you killed yourself and this little woman, that was an angel who walked in that day and showed you up that morning. We're going to see it all at that point, but we don't know the day. But the point is, choices, they take us where we are today. And maybe some of you are here today, and you didn't plan it either. You never thought you would ever come to church. You're one of those people that kind of scoffed at church, never thought it was interesting, you know, but something, somebody said something, or somebody invited you, or somebody bugged you, or you passed by us on the road, you got online and checked us out, you know, uh, maybe all those things, some of those things happened, but you're here. You're here today. And let me just say the choices that you make today could change the whole direction of your life. It could change your family. It could change your legacy. It's amazing what a simple decision, a choice, can do for us. But more importantly than anything in this world, it might change your eternal destiny. Your eternity could be determined and can be and will be determined by a decision that you make, whether it's today or you've made it before or in the future. But just like small decisions in time can affect our relationships, our career, any number of things, so also a small decision that we make could lead us to grow in our spiritual law, life and, and draw closer to God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In our discussion, we're going to call these decisions catalyst. I like that word. I don't use that word a lot, but a catalyst is something, whatever it may be, that moves us, that, that changes things for us. A small decision we make or something that prompts us to decide something, and in this case, will move us on our spiritual journey. And so in this study, we're going to talk about some catalysts that can move us in our relationship with God. We're going to talk about four of them a little bit. One of them are spiritual beliefs and attitudes. You know, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, when we open our lives up and we allow God to speak into our life, and we determine that something is true, we have a conviction about that, God's Holy Spirit is moving, and that conviction moves us to do something. Our beliefs, our convictions in something will prompt us or serve as a catalyst. It's true in every area of life, but even more so in faith. When you believe something to be true, it will change your life. That's one of the catalysts we're going to talk about. Another catalyst is is the church, the involvement in church. Organized church activities move us in our relationship with God. Another thing we'll touch on are personal spiritual practices, what you choose to do. Some of the disciplines that you choose to do in your life will move you spiritually on your journey. And then a fourth are spiritual activities that you choose to do with other people. These are things that you'll do, whether it's serving or just getting together with a bunch of friends, all those things, if they're Christians, are going to move you in your spiritual walk. Now we're kind of in this process talking about this journey that we're on, and we talked last week about the spiritual continuum. I don't know if you remember us, we use that word, the continuum or the process of our spiritual growth, and we said that we begin this journey by exploring who Christ is, that we kind of are curious about, you know, who Jesus is and the claims that He makes. and then we progress to growing in Christ, where we start, you know, like a young plant or a young child. We're growing early in our faith, but we're growing. In Christ. And then we talk about next we become close to Christ. We grow closer to him like any relationship. We introduce ourselves and then we, we kind of get familiar with them and then we grow closer to Christ. And then we become Christ-centered, which is kind of the different categories we talked about the fact that all of us are in at some point in our walk with Christ. All of us are on that spectrum or that continuum. And we talked about how we're called to move or grow spiritually. In fact, the Bible says that God has designed us and He has gifted all of us to help one another grow and help the body grow as well. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, we could talk a long time, but just briefly, what he's saying is that all of us are gifted specifically to help one another grow. That you have a gift that would help me if, if you're using it. And hopefully, I have a gift that will help encourage you. And the same is true with all of us together. Collectively, we all contribute to the body, life, the church. And so we all help each other grow and we draw closer to one another and to God. So we're going to take the next couple of weeks here and we're going to talk about how we move and how we grow in our faith from exploring Christ to growing in Christ to being close to Christ to being Christ-centered as well. And today we're going to kind of begin that process or that journey by talking about the fact that everything or every one of us begins by our exploration of Jesus and you know, Jesus makes some really bold claims about who he is. He makes a claim that, that maybe others have made, but nobody else can back up. He claims to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. That's a pretty bold statement to make. And this is when we're in the early stages of investigating who Jesus is. Is that really true? <coughs> Was Jesus just a good teacher, or is he truly the Son of God? That's a huge question. And you know, it takes a while sometimes to discover that, doesn't it? For some of that, it's, kinda, it's growing up in church. Right now in the back, uh, in, on this wing and back in the back, we have children, preschoolers, toddlers, babies who are hearing about Jesus. <coughs> some of them maybe for the first time. And they're hearing the, the Bible stories. And they're hearing about who, who Jesus claimed to be and, and what the evidence of that might be. And it's going to be given to them in small doses But a cumulative, it's going to uh, come together, and they're going to get a big picture of who Jesus really is. You know, we have our curriculum designed so that if your child's involved in our our programming, by the time they're 18 years of age, they're going to cover the stories in the Bible, the principles in the Bible, the characters in the Bible, the claims of Jesus, and all those sort of things, and they're going to be more than likely led to a point where they'll decide to give their life to Christ. (coughs) That was my story. That's how I grew up. I grew up in the church. I can always remember that, going to Bible school, Sunday school, vacation Bible school. Uh, we didn't have our junior church. We had to sit with the big people out there because it wasn't, uh, wasn't available in that day. Uh, but uh, but I, I learned in that way. And by the time I got to be an adult, I, I kind of had it all figured out. I learned more in, in my education in the church growing up, far more than I learned in Bible college in four years of concentrated study. So we're going to learn, That's, we, we learn by, by being together and growing up in the church. But maybe you didn't have that. Maybe you didn't get that experience, or maybe you had it and it wasn't complete and things just didn't connect for you, and now you're here and you're exploring. And you're exploring a couple things. You, you know, you're exploring the church community. You're checking the church out because you're not sure what church is all about, and, and we're glad that you've come to do that with us. We're glad that you've, uh, that you've done that, and I'm glad you brought me a drink. Thank you. We' a good man. Thank you, John. All right. Uh, So we're glad you're exploring here and checking us out. You know, know, some people try to be a Christian without a church community. And and it's really impossible. There's nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in history has anybody been a really strong Christian without having a church family to belong to. And the answer is because that's how God designed it. He designed the church to all contribute our giftedness, like we talked about a few moments ago, and uh, to encourage and help one another. And so we got to have each other. We just can't do it alone. We're designed to need the community, and in turn, we contribute to those and provide community for others. So maybe you're here today to kind of explore our church community and what that's all about. But also, we want to encourage you to explore the the claims of Christianity. What did Jesus say? Who did Jesus say was, and and is he God? And if so, what does that really mean to us? And guys, we want to provide a place, an environment where you can do that easily And I know you're looking for something real and something that matters, something that will make a difference in your life. All of us are searching for that. We want to be a part of that, something that that gives us hope and peace and joy in life. And guys, we want to be an authentic Christian community so that you see Jesus in our lives and in our gathering as well. And I tell you, we're not perfect. None, None of us are. And our church isn't either. But we'll do our best to walk the walk and talk the talk and live lives that are genuine and real. And we believe, honestly... That, that what we teach and what we uh, try to practice, we know that's a reflection of Jesus. And while we're not perfect in that, we're going to do our very best and help you explore and discover for yourself who Jesus is and what that means for your life. In fact, our goal for you is that from the moment you step out of your car, that you sense this place is real and that people here care. And that's why our First Impressions team is, is so important out front by the way, we're recruiting for that, but, but that's why it's so important. We know that opening that front door into a new place is one of the hardest things that some people ever do, so we want to have it open for you. We want to have that information out front for when you walk in, you know, you know, you feel comfortable that, that you're in the right place and that you're doing the right things, and we want to have people out front that will connect with, with, with you to give you what you need to know and what you want to know and, and make it easy to find childcare. We want to take the weirdness out of church. We want to de-weirdify church. You know, isn't that a cool word? Because I want to tell you, some churches look like a funeral home, and it's just kind of uncomfortable to go in. That's why ours doesn't look like that. We want to make it a comfortable place. We want you to feel like this is home, you know? Give you the information, provide you opportunities, like our 101 class. We do that every other week. Uh, It's next week at 11 o'clock. So you can ask questions, and you know, kind of in in a casual setting to want to know what we believe and what we're all about as a church. We want to let you know about the opportunities for study. We want to give you the, the tools that you need and, and help you get the answers you're looking for as well as the truth of the gospel. That's what we're all about. You know, we want you to come and see who Jesus is. That's what exploring is all about, isn't it? And that's really what we see in the Bible as well, the life and ministry of Jesus. In John 1, it says when John, uh, this is John the Baptist, when John saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. They people were looking for for the Messiah. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following, asked them, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. See, Jesus encouraged people who were interested and who were exploring. What did he tell them? He said, I want you to come and see. So it's this time in our life (coughs) <coughs> or the, the visit to a church that we want to explore. We want to know what some answers for ourselves. So if you're here today and you're exploring the church or exploring Christ, we are glad you're here. But we want to be honest with you and tell you that we want more for you than just exploring. And we, want, we have a goal for you in mind. Our hope is that you'll move from exploring Christ into growing in Christ. And the number one indicator that someone is kind of moving along that path is when you decide to give your life to Christ. I want to tell you, that is the greatest decision that you will ever make in life. Not only for your life here, but again, more importantly, what it means for eternity. And we want to help you do that. We want to give you plenty of time, all the information you need, but also let you know there's an urgency as well. Because once you discover something, you need to do something about it. You need to respond to that. And we talked a couple weeks ago that the longer that that we explore without responding, the less likely we are to respond at all. In other words, there are people in the church who've been exploring all their life. They've been looking, but they've kind of lost the awe of understanding who Jesus is. So once you know who Jesus is, we encourage you to commit your life to Jesus, to follow him in order to take your next step. In fact, in the Bible, when people heard the gospel, they responded to that, that same hour, that same day, they were baptized. They made a decision to follow Jesus. Now, I know that a lot of people say, you know what, I'm kind of waiting, and I know what I should do, but I'm kind of waiting to clean up my life. I want to get rid of some habits in my life, and some language in my life, and some, you know, thoughts in my mind. I am going to clean up my life, and when I do that, then I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Now, that's a noble thing to think about, but the reality is you'll never do that alone. You will never do that on your own. In fact, the only way you clean your life up is you decide to give it to Jesus, and then he helps you do that. So I would encourage you, if you know and you've discovered who Jesus is, take that next step to give your life to him. So what are the, what are the catalysts that will move us from exploring Christ into growing in Christ? What is, which is the next level? Well, first of all, there's some, remember I talked about some catalysts, some spiritual beliefs and attitudes that will move us? And the most important one is the very simple uh, belief that that our salvation is not by our works but by grace, that we are saved by the grace of God. We realize that we will never do enough to save ourselves, that Jesus has already done all the hard work, all the heavy lifting for us, and that we're saved by the amazing grace of God. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. This is such an incredible truth in God's Word that all we can do is to acknowledge it. We don't don't even understand it, but the Bible says it's not our goodness. It's the goodness of Christ. It's the sacrifice of Christ, and it's the grace of God that will save us. It's our faith in Him that does it. Alongside of that amazing truth, there are also catalysts like the, the truth of the Trinity, understanding who God is, that He is Father, God the Father. He is God the Son, Jesus, and He is God the Holy Spirit. The Father's work is to to be the the head of of the, the, the three, the Trinity. Jesus' work was to come and become a human being and die on the cross for us. The Holy Spirit's work is to live in our life. And when we give our life to Christ, we get a part of God who comes and lives in us through His Spirit and encourages us. It's the gift of God, the confidence, the confirmation of God's presence in our life. So that's amazing. Then also the concept of Jesus being first in our lives. It's submitting or surrendering our lives to him. That's a teaching we have to accept. That's a conviction. And then also acknowledging the authority of the Bible. Those those beliefs are catalysts that help us take our next step. And maybe you're wrestling with one of those. If If you want to talk about maybe the authority of the Bible, or if you want to talk sometime about who God is, the Trinity, I would love to sit down and do that to help you take your next step. There's also going to be mentioned, I said, remember I mentioned some catalysts that about organized church activities. One of them is coming to worship, is coming to church. You know, whenever I see someone who's curious about Jesus, you know, the thing that, that almost always marks that is showing up, showing up and being a part of the church body, coming to worship. And, and I also notice that when people start checking out of that, their interest in Jesus begins to wane as well. That's just the way it works. So whenever we come and the sharing together of God's people, church activity like that is important, also serving through the church. sometimes our biggest connections are made with other people just serving and doing things together, whether it be our our serve the city, whether it be serving in, in great ministry or one of our organizations that we're a part of connected to maybe it's, um, maybe it's something that you've never done but you thought you had an interest in, or maybe it's something you do at, at work uh, for a living and you benefit the church by helping out in some way that's a great way to, to discover connection with other people serving and another thing is through small groups by understanding that getting together with other people building some tight relationships is really important those are activities that will help you move on your journey toward Christ all of them connect us with the rest of the church community and serve to move us along and through our exploring, the church community has a lot of influence. We need one another to help us take those first steps, just like a child needs somebody to help them kind of take their next step. There's also some personal spiritual practices that move us. And here's one that's so important that any and all of us can do, and that's just reading and reflecting on Scripture. In fact, it is the most powerful catalyst in any, any level of our spiritual growth. Something that all of us can do. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Just come up and say something to me. I promise you, we'll get you a Bible you can understand. But that's the most important thing you can do. It's two times more powerful than any other catalyst to help you move in your walk. And the reason is because that book is the inspired Word of God. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, the claim it makes. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That God gives us his word to have in our hands to read and put into our heart. And another powerful catalyst that goes right along with that is prayer. Prayer to seek guidance from God. You know, we have this amazing invitation of the God of the universe to join him, just talk to him, just communicate, just share our heart, hear him speak to us uh, through his spirit. We have a chance to do that. We've got to take advantage of that. And so our prayers move from just a crisis prayer thrown up when we don't know what else to do to becoming a prayer, asking God to forgive us and save us, and then on to a prayer seeking guidance for the daily issues of life. And then, then there's some spiritual activities with other people that move us along as well. There's some things we do that maybe aren't really church activities or, or, or organized in the church, but that move us along. Let me tell you one of those things, great thing, and in fact, we just mentioned this morning is a mission trip know, I've seen people on mission trips take some amazing steps in their faith. A lot of people give their life to the Lord on a mission trip because they see what God's doing. And we got one coming up. You don't have to be a member of our church. You don't even have to be a Christian at this point to go on a mission trip and serve. So I'd encourage you to think about that. It would be a great way for you to see what God's doing in another part of the world. Do some traveling and experience a whole different culture as well. That would really be good for you. But what happens is what's overflowing in our lives begins to connect with the lives of other people, and we build some spiritual relationships with people, whether it's in group, whether in serving, whether it's on a trip, activity, whatever it may be, we just connect with one another. And once we cross the line of faith and give our life to Christ, we begin to feel more comfortable talking about our faith. We begin to feel comfortable in having conversations with, with those who are searching You know, somebody said evangelism is best described as one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. You found something good, you want other people to discover it as well. So you share with your faith, but you also develop some spiritual relationships that help connect you not only with one another, but more importantly with God in a deeper walk. In fact, if you're a believer and maybe you're here and you're stalled in your faith, I guarantee you that if you start sharing with other people, you're going to experience a spiritual revival. Some of the times that, that I just get closer to God is just sitting and talking with people and sharing their faith. That just kind of connects with me, and it makes me more excited about being a Christian as well. So to sum all of it up, in summary, the most important catalyst to move you from exploring Christ to growing in Christ is the belief in salvation by grace, belief in the Trinity, who God is, serving the church, praying for guidance, and reflection, reading and reflection on the meaning of Scripture. Those are some things, some practical things. I want you to walk out of here and say, what do I do next? These are five things I can do. Simple things that will move me, help me to take my next step on my relationship and my journey with God. And guys, we're serious about helping you move as well. Because we know that if you truly explore who Jesus is, you're not going to be disappointed. In fact, you're going to discover what you look for all of your life. And you'll understand that God longs to reveal Himself to you and anyone who seeks. In fact, He says in Matthew 7 ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks find, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. God wants to reveal Himself to you and He, he wants to help you. He will if you seek. See, the fact is, your life is, is shaped by your decisions. And today you're here and you're faced with a decision. For some of you, that decision is, who is Jesus? And what does it mean for my life? And and I hope that you've checked him out enough to know that his claims are true. Maybe you've discovered that his claims to be the Son of God, all the evidence points in that direction. And if you know that, then I want to encourage you, it's time now to, to give your life to him and make that commitment. And it will change your life. You'll find what you've been looking for. And you'll have the promise of eternal life whenever you die. Maybe you're here and you're a Christian. I know a lot of us are. And maybe your life has kind of become a little ho-hum. And the reason for that is probably you're stalled out. You're kind of dissatisfied about where you are. Now it's time for you to make some choices. What are you going to do about it? We're going to continue next week in talking about moving from from, uh, close to Christ, which is what we talked about moving into from exploring, moving from close to Christ uh, or growing in Christ to being close to Christ, taking your next step. And, you know, a lot of us are in that growing in Christ place. We'll talk about that. That's where a lot of us find ourselves. And how do we take our next step to following him? Guys, I'm excited about the journey. I want to be on it. I'm I'm moving too. I want you to move as well. And I'm glad you're here to share with us in, in that. If you want to talk to me about any of these things we've talked about, your next step, your decision to accept Christ, I'll be down front. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for loving us. God is so amazing. That, that you invite us into a relationship with you. And God, not just to a, not just into a ho-hum, static uh, understanding, but God, an exciting journey. And Lord, I'm so, I'm so excited about my own journey. I'm excited about the journey we're all on. And God, how you're going to move people for your glory. And God, how that, that people are going to find the joy that they're longing for and searching for. God, I pray you'll help each of us as, as we walk. Encourage one another be committed to the the journey ourselves. God, we love you. We worship you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.